Father Jonathan, this is it. Now, are you a priest yet? I, well, funny you should say, <laughs> I have begun the last the last week oh, of my diaconate. That's so cool. Here it is. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, man. It's been like a time, year. <laughs> <laughs> it has been far longer <laughs> than a year <laughs> of me waiting for this. Um, yeah, so it has actually been 20 years since I first started really thinking about the priesthood. Oh, wow. Well, that's a story for another day. Yeah. Story for another day. Uh, and yeah, providentially, today was my last uh, Sunday Mass as a deacon. What? And so I got to preach uh, this last Sunday Mass today. Now, this is interesting. I'm wondering, and I didn't think about this until just now, your last Sunday preaching as a deacon, your last Sunday before priestly ordination, and we have what? Peter doubting a little bit. Peter doubting a little bit in the gospel... Oh, the gospel that I preached yeah, on today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that come oh, up yeah, at all? Yeah. Well, not... You mean like my yeah, doubts? No, I mean, just, you know, holy moly, this is well, actually okay. happening. What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it didn't come up in my own prayer and in my own thinking about the ordination next week. It may. I mean, the next five days. Um, actually, that's kind of a good invitation for me to maybe pray again with this reading. Because I, I, did, I did spend all of my homily talking about what we talked about last week with the whole thing about Peter's doubt. Mm. And, you know, like Jesus says very clearly, it is I, and then Jesus, and then Peter responds, the, well, if it is you, like that kind of <laughs> right, doubting. Right. Um, so, like, I've had some really good prayer in the last couple of months where there's been a lot of great confirmation of the Lord's presence and call and, you know, my, my vocation to the priesthood. Um, but no, that's good. Like, where in the next five days, who knows? Who knows what kind of trickery the evil one will try and yeah. sow the seeds of doubt in my heart. Well, yeah, and you know, it's, it's just, it's striking that, you know, as we were talking about last week, um, Peter, in a sense, does everything right. As soon as he doubts, what does mm -hmm. he do? He cries out, Lord, save me. <laughs> uh, like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then he gets that, that reprimand. <laughs> it's like, oh, you have little faith. It's like, wait a second, didn't I just right. do the right thing? Yeah. But you're right, it's totally how he started out that caused this whole chain of, of events. Not that he doubted, like, that's going to happen, but Mm -hmm, Are you trusting mm -hmm. that it is Lord, that it's true what he said? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I love one of the things that I, I honed in on too was that the, the, the way in which Peter doubted in that reading was he didn't know or believe that it was the voice of the Lord calling him out from the water. And so I said, the whole spiritual life, this is kind of the point of my homily, the whole spiritual life is about tuning our ears to the voice of the shepherd. Yeah, yeah, ooh, um, yeah I like that. And I said, and I said, look, look at the first reading. You have this whole still soft voice stuff. It's all about that. It's like learning to hear God where he is speaking and tuning our ears to him. Um, and I said, Peter here hears the Lord, but is not convinced that it's him because his ears aren't completely tuned to that. And I said, I got into this whole thing about that's the whole point of prayer is to tune our ears. And coincidentally, Jesus spends the time before this event in prayer, mm -hmm. tuning his own heart and ears to the will of the Father. So anyway, that was kind of the whole hum. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And, you know, it, it reminds me of the other thing that I was, um, that I had mentioned last week about this connection between the first reading and the gospel, where, you know, we've always got this, this uh, that reading tells us in some sense that you can't find God because God is not in the crash. God is not in the earthquake. Right. God is not in the fire. And I mm -hmm, tried mm -hmm. to make the argument, well, that's not necessarily true because God is in everything, even though it says explicitly God was not in these things. But I wonder mm -hmm, if it's more mm -hmm. like what you're talking about, like for um, 
for the prophet, they weren't there because that's not what he needed. That's not what God mm-hmm. was trying mm-hmm. to get him to hear. Right. And for Peter, you know, it may not have been the still small voice. Peter needed that jarring moment to to re- yep. truly hear the voice of God speak. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bishop Barron's homily for today hit on something like that for Elijah. Like, this is the way that Elijah needed to hear mm-hmm. the voice of God, you know, but emphasizing that God also speaks through all those other things, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, the whole spiritual life, I would say, is about tuning our ears to hearing the voice of the shepherd in the way he's speaking to us yeah. right now. You know? um, anyway, did you get a chance to preach today? I did not. No, I... So, apparently, I'm the one making our mass schedule here at the school, and mm-hmm. I'm not up for a couple of weeks yet, so there's that. <laughs> there are four gotcha. of us, well, soon to be five presiders, so it's going to be gotcha, about once gotcha. a month Sunday mass. Um, okay. Gotcha. Well, in this time of COVID, I guess, until you yeah. can get to yep. Yep. do some supply work. Yep. Uh, well, good. Hey, so I am really glad that we're talking about these readings today because this is going to be the reading set for my first Oh, mass. my gosh. That's so wild. <laughs> uh, and so <laughs> I like legit need some help. Yeah. Because well, so actually, actually, one of the things that I was wondering um, to kind of go off of what you were just talking about with attuning, uh, attuning your ear to truly hear hear the voice. I'm wondering if there's some of that theme that could spill over into this gospel reading. Because I think you're right hmm. to point out how it's kind of difficult. It's it's an odd reading that Jesus is kind of dismissing this woman and saying, you right. know, well, I'm not here for her. Uh, and even the disciples are saying, well, just send her away. You know, she's not, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder what, and I'm, and as we all know, you know, the gospel doesn't teach us how to discriminate. And so if we're reading that, then it's probably our misinterpretation. Right. So what is right. the invitation that Jesus could be calling us to here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> and I, okay. So I have a few thoughts. I have a few thoughts. Maybe you can help bounce back what you think may be right or wrong. I, I think that for sure, for sure, I think it's a bit of a trap uh, like a preacher's trap to focus on the whole thing about the dogs. Yeah. Um, I think it's an absolute trap because I think you can get stuck in this very heady, like trying to make sense of why Jesus is not being insulting, why he's not being discriminatory, et cetera. Like, I think it's a bit of a, like a, a hole, a pit that you might fall into in a homily to just try and save the proposition as much as possible. Instead of just letting it lie, let it be what it is and just assume, of course, that Jesus is not a sinner right. because he's not, <laughs> you know? And so I think that's the first thing I would say is that I think this gospel is not about that phrase. You know, Jesus says it, obviously. You know, you don't give the food of the children to the dogs. Yeah. Um, but what does he actually say to her, though? He says, Oh, woman, great uh, is your faith. Yeah. That's yeah. huge. That's huge. Right, right. Okay, so the second thing I was going to say that I think is important just to hold as intention with all this is that for sure I wouldn't fall into the trap of focusing on the the supposed slur here. But the second thing I was going to say is that if you connect this reading to basically every other reading, the first reading, the psalm, and the second reading, surprisingly, all of it pertains to going to the Gentiles. Yeah, yeah. So there's something going on here because the first reading is about there's this line in Isaiah, uh, the foreigners, them I will bring to my holy mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, in the responsorial psalm, you have let all the nations praise you. Right. In the second reading, I am speaking to you Gentiles. And then here in the gospel, their entire inside in which is Gentile territory. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
even if the gospel may itself be about something different, the whole set of readings is definitely about going to the Gentiles, like the whole universality of the message of God. Um, so I don't know. I think I have a tack to maybe start the homily in that direction. Yeah, you know, I that's that's how I have been praying with this particular gospel. Um, spoiler alert, you've been asking about this for a while and rightfully so because it's your first uh homily Mm -hmm. as a priest uh Mm -hmm. and so i've been i've been personally praying praying with this um as i'm sure you have for quite a while um and i can't help but think that this is jesus you know i said to you a couple of weeks ago you know think of it as as we do with the parables like it's a moment to kind of jar us out of what we think we know because, you know, okay, it starts out with a Canaanite woman. So we've got this foreign, um, you know, this this foreigner coming and talking to, talking to the Lord, um, which itself is kind of shocking. Like, why would a foreigner come and say, have pity on me, Lord, son of David? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And look at the, res- again, look at the response of the disciples. They say, send her away, send her away. And Jesus is right. kind of playing into that saying, oh, you know, my ministry is not to her, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but she, the fact that she keeps coming back, I think is huge. Even after he kind of mm-hmm. says that little quip, please, uh, it's not right to take the food of children and throw it before the dogs. And then she has that wonderful response that even the, the, the dogs eat the scraps. They still are fed. And then he, mm-hmm. he says, mm-hmm. aha, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. So I can't mm-hmm. help but think this is a way of Jesus kind of showing us how silly we are. And trying to put up all of these barriers, trying to put up all mm. of these uh, uh, just roadblocks on our path to to unity with with God with each other. Does that make sense? Right. So, like the you also like the so is the roadblock here certainly the the, the barrier between it's kind of like the house of Israel and the Gentiles. Well, it's it, yeah, it's it's the whole. I mean, even in the way that you, we hear the disciples talk about it like send, send her away right. like we don't have time for this and jesus himself says oh well i was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of israel uh mm-hmm. so okay so here's here's something interesting that i i hate to do this to you but the spanish text and the reason i'm, I'm looking at the spanish text is because i'm going to be having a bilingual first mass the spanish text says something different oh yeah why would you hate to do this to me so well because it's throwing a wrench in all of this oh, now. That's so like what this podcast is for. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So in the English, the disciples came and asked him. First off, I don't understand why the word the verb there is to ask. They're not asking anything. <laughs> um, send her away, for she keeps calling after us. I mean, there's a whole lesson in there. Mm-hmm. Like when we pretend like we're asking God something, but we're really telling him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, but send her away. In the Spanish, it's, um. The disciples came to Jesus and begged him, tend to her. Really? Yeah, tend to her. Wow. Because she's crying after us, uh, because he's yelling after us. Attend to her is what he says. Huh. That's pretty different. Which is the exact opposite. Wow. I <laughs> wonder what the uh, what the Greek is there. I have no idea, nor will I even be able to find out. Like, I have no... <laughs> <laughs> like I have no way of knowing. Um, and that's strange. Wow, that is very strange. Very strange. Tend to her. So, well, and you know, it's also interesting. So we're talking about the way that we read this. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, that's... Makes more sense that way. Well, 
But who are the lost sheep of the house of Israel? Those are the tribe, the northern tribes that are gone. Those are the Samaritans. Those are the the Canaanites. Those are all these other other. So he's not. He's saying there. He's he wasn't sent to the uh, to the Jews or to the Pharisees or. Is that right? Is the are the Canaanites part of the lost sheep, or is that just a statement about? Well, Can- Canaan was yeah. the ancient kingdom. Yeah, I don't. Know. I, I don't know. I, I think I it's interesting. Know. Like, I think Jesus's reply makes more sense in the Spanish. So, like, they say, "Attend to her," and he says, "I wasn't sent to tend to anyone other than the lost sheep of the house of Israel." So he's saying no to them. Yeah. So, like, their question is, will you tend to mm. her? And he says no. Oh. You know? And I think that 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 nuance is in the Spanish, whereas in the English, it seems weird because they're saying to send her away. And Jesus says a very cryptic response, you know? I don't know. That is bizarre. I, I don't know what to yeah, make of it. Yeah, well, it's going to take some more prayer and maybe some yeah, actual think, like, research. <laughs> yeah, like, looking at the English is interesting because the English, I think, makes it a little bit easier to say, like, I can set up the disciples as a foil to this woman. Yeah. That the disciples want nothing to do with her, send her away. They're annoyed by her. I even wrote a little reflection for this online prayer journal. And that's the tack I took, which was that the disciples stood in in contrast to this woman uh, who has great faith, whereas the disciples can't conceive of a way in which Jesus would condescend to work a miracle for someone outside of Israel. Yeah. Um, mm. And so... I set it up as that foil, but the Spanish kind of throws a wrench in that because they beg Jesus to do something for her. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, I don't know what I have to, what I think about that. I mean, obviously, it's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Right. Now, for sure, like, we could just sidestep all of this and focus on the fact that we're outside of Israel territory and the whole set of readings is about the Gentiles. Or we could, I think, take a microscopic view and say the real reason of this gospel, the purpose of this gospel is to focus on her persistence, yeah. her faith. Yeah. You know, not letting, not letting anything sort of stand in the way between her and the Lord. You know, um, like a good second reading could have been like neither height nor depth nor breadth yeah. could separate me from the love of God. Yeah, you know? and again, like kind of what I said earlier. You know, this is not the expected person to come to Jesus, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of yeah, neat. Totally. Like it's showing the, like as you were saying, the universality of of this whole thing. That it's not just right. for these, you know, for these 12 or for these few that have decided to follow Jesus. Like anybody that comes, anybody who seeks will find. Mm-hmm. What do you make of, uh, I mean, just as a general statement, I, I still find myself very puzzled by a lot of this. But like, what do you make of, why does Jesus, what, what is her faith here? Like a woman great is your faith. Why is that his response to her, like, you know, her statement about even the dogs eat. Like, how is that a show of faith? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what does the Spanish say? Um, he says to her, uh, woman, how large is your faith? That what you, yeah, it's the same. That what you desire may be given to you. No, no, no. Uh, what, is her, what is her response? Oh, um, uh, it's true, Lord. But even the dogs eat the scraps or eat the 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 crumbs, you know, uh-huh. that fall from the table of the masters. So it's basically the so same. Basically the same. Um, but oh no, ooh, here's a difference. <laughs> here's a difference. She says in the English, "Please, Lord." In in the Spanish, she says, "It is true, Lord." Hmm. 
So, like, she's expressing belief mm. in what he's saying. It is true, Lord. And she calls him Lord. Like, there's faith there. Like, yeah. she calls him Lord. She acknowledges that what he says is true, you know? And so, there's faith there. Hmm. Yeah. So, recognizing... Huh. This is going to be a lot to unpack as well. So, recognizing that even though it's not easy, and it's not like a neat little little package that we can tie up with a bow, it's a bit messy. Uh, she still has faith that he is Lord and what he says is true. Mm-hmm. That's pretty That's pretty powerful. The, the way that she keeps calling him Lord, that's not insignificant. So like, have pity on me, Lord, Lord son of David. Yeah. Like, that's not insignificant. Um, but it's just curious, kind of like last week, I just find it surprising how Jesus responds at the end of the passage. Like, where's the reference to faith here? Um, just like with Peter, like what was the reference to doubt? Mm-hmm. Um, here, like she calls him Lord, but I, I really am struck by that in the Spanish that she does say in response to Jesus's supposed slur, she says, it is true, Lord, but even the dogs eat the scraps. So yeah, yeah so she doesn't deny that what he's saying is true. Well, okay. Well, what about this? Um, Jesus says it's not right to take the food of the children. But she's not saying, well, that yeah, but dogs eat the scraps from their masters. Ooh. Oh, interesting. So we so don't maybe... we don't take the food from the children. We we receive from what from what the oh, master dude. has given. Oh, I like that. Because here's what's interesting about that. So you don't take what the the shade that the disciples are throwing at her. <laughs> take what Je- what Jesus has <laughs> <is> given. <laughs> Well, where I was going to go with this is that actually, actually, you know what I like about this? It's what you're saying is clear to me now that I'm writing this as we're saying. Okay, so we tend to think that it's a zero-sum game. Uh That if I'm going to receive blessing, somehow you have to receive curse. Mm. And... The the Gentiles, just like the Jews, are all children of the master, of the true master. And so Jesus says, it's not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but I'm not asking you to take from the Jews to give to me, right. a Gentile. Right. I'm asking you to give me what is rightfully mine as one hmm. of the children of the master. Boom. Oh, I love that. So, so like, so like I, I'm not asking, and it's not even just, for, you're right, it's not just to take mm-hmm. from and just to put it in the contemporary context, to take from one believer and detract from their experience of divinity so that the other person can have an experience of God. God doesn't work that way. It's a non-competitive game here. you know. And so there may be just acknowledgement here in the reversal, in the development that we're not t- taking from children, we're asking to receive from the master. Yeah, I like that. And to be quite honest, it's not the, their, their food, kind of going back to um, what we were talking about with last week's reading, she may not need the food that the Israelites are getting. She doesn't need God to come as a whisper or as an earthquake. She needs God mm. to come as something else mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and speak to her in a particular way that only God can give. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. There's something really great here about that you pointed out that I think is the 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 change now is not to focus so much on the food that the children have but on the food that comes from the master 
and the master knows what's good for his people. Yeah. Uh, for those that are his, you know? And so immediately after that, Jesus says, great is your faith. What you desire will be given to you. In other words, I am your master. Yeah. I am yeah. Lord. And I, I can give you what it's, you want. It's a very you know? Eucharistic imagery there. Yeah. It's also a great declaration of the Lordship of Christ. Like this is a reading, not just of this woman, but again, of Jesus, yeah. of who Jesus is. You know, his Lordship is on full display. Mm, I like that. Did yeah. we figure it out? I don't know. I'm still wrestling with it. <laughs> I still have to figure out how to, I'm going to try and even preach this bilingually, which I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I might not be, I may, I may be able to leverage some of the differences in the text to my advantage by having it be a bilingual. Yeah, that's homily, true. You know? All right, man. Any parting thoughts? Uh, go pray. <laughs> yeah. Maybe pray for me. You know, pray I got, for David. He's going to be a priest. Yeah, pray for him. Five more days. What? Amen. All right, man. Until next time. All right. Peace. Peace.